we're right. go. Get to say one, two, three, slate. Or? No, I I don't need you to. But thank oh, you, Max. Oh, I appreciate it. Fine. <laughs> I mean, you can say it if you. You can slate okay. if you want, but I'm not going to be using it. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. So actually, you know what? Say it, but we're we're going to take it out in post. Yeah. Okay. One, two, three, slate. God, that was so awful. good. You got to keep that, that terrible, in. Man. If you're going to do it, you got to do it right. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll come back to yeah, that. Yeah. I, I let everybody down. I'm really sorry, guys. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> That's okay. Um, uh, welcome to another well, exciting fuck yeah. edition of Heat Seeking Panther. <laughs> uh, this is our first 2020 episode that we're recording, and it first is also movie that I watched in 2021. Yeah, and this is the last movie in in 2020 that that I watched, uh, and um, and we have a very special guest with us, Max Busman. Thank you, Max, for being here. Fourth time coming back to the den. I think that makes you the. The, the the biggest cub of them all. <laughs> raining cub. The raining yeah. cub right here. We'll get like a uh some kind of platinum belt or something made up to send to you. Um, nice. Yeah. Little but, pair uh, of, uh, panther ears. Yeah, there you go. That's cute. Platinum actually. panther ears. Oh yeah. man. Speaking of Panthers. <laughs> it's in the budget. <laughs> what oh budget? shit. Yeah. I got it. Three, two, one. Mm. There it is, baby. The one, yes. the only. Italian Panther roar. <laughs> yes. Uh, did you ever think about how appropriate it is, Dave, that the that the video we use for the Panther roar is Italian and Nick Cage so is Cage. also Italian? Yeah, yeah, I never did, but I'm well, glad n- you did. Now you have. And we're talking about uh, a, v- a very special film that's near and dear yeah. to all of our hearts today. Yes. Uh, uh, the Humanity Bureau. Man, I... <laughs> I don't have a lot of like good, I couldn't find a lot of good interviews or stuff for this film, but I did read an interview with uh, the actress that's in the film (laughs) and I forget the question that they asked her, but they were like, they were like, tell us about the film. And she's like, well, it's more about the humanity than the bureau. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That kind of says it all. Yeah, that's my, that's my. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's my lead in. <laughs> it's on the back of the DVD box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's fair to say a, a timely film. Um, yeah, it is weirdly, isn't it? It, it? It's aggressively so, um, while also like not really working in any way. But um, Well, it doesn't say anything about it. It, does- <laughs> it just states that this is a situation that we could find ourselves in the future. Yeah, it, with, it's, a, with it's no, a dystopia that we yeah. could... We that could happen. They, we, we, I don't know how they got there. Like it seems like a little bit, <laughs> like it's it, it's it's not. We're not talking like Children of Men, where you're like ah, like one thing happened, and uh, society has has shifted on sort of the fulcrum of you know nobody's had a kid. Like um, it's more just like throughout the whole movie, people are like. Ah, remember when there used to be fish? We, we don't have fish anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember they, when there used to be clean water? We don't have yeah. that anymore. Like it's uh, all there. There are no things. lakes. There's yeah. no lakes anymore. And it's just stuff that like slowly will be going downhill. There's not like one big event that happens that throws the whole thing. You know, the whole no. Well, of society yeah, we, off I don't. Its axis. Well, it, it it's it, it's got like. 
the like death sentence of like a low to mid budget sci-fi movie, which is that there's like an opening crawl of exposition that is like multiple paragraphs long. <laughs> and if, if you have that in your sci-fi movie, like you're fucked, I'm sorry, but that's <laughs> like at some point in post-production, someone realized that they were like, this shit doesn't make any sense. We have to like, unless it's star Wars, star Wars. Yeah. I was going to say, that's gotta be the exception. That why well, said mid mid to low budget because Star oh. Wars it, it Star Wars it shouldn't work like it's episode four of a story that nobody had ever seen before and you're like there's like space uh, samurai and shit like that but it it looks so cool and the world is so fun and the acting is good and the, every, all of that shit works that it doesn't matter you're like oh yeah cool this this rules um, if you're you can only afford like. 10 actors and the whole movie is just driving around Canada in a car you you have to do better well they sort of alluded to what had happened like it was I thought they talked about global warming or something along the way but I feel like I learned more about the world that it was set in from the trailer than from the actual film the film made it was in no hurry to (laughs) explain itself in any way what did the trailer say I didn't watch it Something about oh, it's all deserts up in Alaska. I don't know. It it okay. alluded to it. It was right. I mean, not like it was that much more informative, but yeah. But in the movie, they're just like, well, with global warming and economic collapse, this is where we're at. And it's like, okay, I, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, like, <laughs> just give give me a little more world building. Who who who's in charge? Like what? Who are these people? Who who is Nicolas Cage? Why should I care about him? Who are any yeah. of these people? I mean, he's he's basically just like a bureaucrat, right? Yeah, a humanity bureaucrat. Yeah. <laughs> You're fucking fired, Max. A, a, hu- a human. He's a human bureaucrat. <laughs> also, did, did anybody notice how many times in the movie they showed? Either like uh, it was some kind of uh, stationary, like on the paper, or there was a sign on the wall, or there was like the big sign on the top of the building, but at or or even on the cars. But they showed like the words "Humanity Bureau" like yeah. so many times <laughs> in like the first half hour of this movie that it was almost comical. It's like the it's like oh that that's the movie I'm watching. <laughs> oh right, okay. I do remember wondering why it had to be on the side of his car. Yeah, yeah that's like, the time that I noticed it was it was just it was on like the wheel well of the car. <laughs> what? It's it's like leaving the tag on a hat, you know. Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's talk about what the what what is the Humanity Bureau? What in the we, we're in an unspecified time uh, in the future, uh, there's been global warming and economic collapse, and uh, in, that's led to uh, shit being real stupid. And um, they created a bureau that, um, what did they do? Just go around and round up poor people? Yeah, essentially, that's what it is. It's like, it's like a, they have this metric. Actually, I, I wrote down what he says, because this is also the kind of movie where like they don't take two seconds to like think about cool euphemisms for anything in the future. <laughs> they just are like, okay, well, this is like a device that does this and that, so we'll just put the two words together, and that's what we call it. Uh-huh. Um, but So there was something where he was like checking uh, the file of the mother, and he was like, yeah, I am, I'm figuring out her productivity rating 
is what he called it, <laughs> right? Which which is the, which is the some kind of arbitrary scale that they use to figure out: Are you putting back? Are you basically contributing to society more than right. you're taking? Yeah, um, yeah. So what this ends up doing is that it basically just penalizes poor people, uh, and so. Th- there's a, a government agency called the Humanity Bureau that is essentially D- Department of Homeland Security and like uh, ICE combined. Yeah, and they basically just yeah. like go to your house and they're like, you're a poor person and you're not contributing enough to society. So we're going to like send you to a, we're going to send you off what to they New call Eden. Right. They call it New Eden, which no matter what this is, the, like the civilians like think it is based on the propaganda they're getting, how anybody in their right mind could look at history and not immediately yeah. go like, oh, this is clearly a death camp that they're sending yeah. everyone to. I, I like, mean, right. <laughs> and, and that's like a, that's like a mid mid movie reveal that they really botch. But like, well, cause that's it. Well, but also the whole setup is like, obviously yeah. the way, even, even the way that you're listing the opening crawl through to the name of the Bureau, the humanity Bureau, which is like the most like Nazi euphemistic, like it's, right. It's very ominous ever. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, no, it's like no one saw this coming. Like what is right. like, and there, there's just like, all we get about new Eden is just people being like, Yes, that's where you go when you're uh, when you're poor, and um, you go there, and we don't hear from them anymore. And uh, and then you see like a billboard with like two smiling people holding hands, and it says like New Eden, <laughs> and it's like I, I don't know it, it that that's so indicative of what kind of movie this is, where you're like, okay, well, obviously that's evil. It's gonna be something bad. <laughs> but then we get we get a scene then of Nick Cage finally finding out that it's it's bad. And he's just, he's looking at something that we don't see. And he's like, he's like, my God. And the music swells. And then we don't, we don't hear about it until like later when the kid calls him out about it. And he's like, yep, it's a, it's just a giant furnace. And, uh, and we don't see what it is. And then it's revealed that 7 million people were killed, which I love not to be crass, but it's just like, you can tell that they were like, this is going to be like the Holocaust, but it has to be more so. (laughs) And they were just like. But a million people worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just, yeah. That that's a, a really like a, a a strong taste of this. What this movie, how this movie goes about business. Um, Although this is a lot more than six million people in the Holocaust. That was just how many Jews, Jews got killed, yeah, right? Like, yeah. So they didn't do their homework about no, that. I mean, I'm assuming that that was the thought process that they had, but I feel completely 100 percent sure that it was. But well, I, and I, to. To that end, I feel like a lot of their thought process was just figuring out, like, well, okay, this movie needs to be better than, like, XYZ sci-fi dystopian yeah. movies, so we're going to take, like, one element from everything, right? Like, like yeah. obviously, the, the mm-hmm. there's a little bit of, like, uh, Children of Men and The Road, and then there's also, <laughs> like, some, like, Blade Runner action True. going on, yeah. too, like, in the future city. Right. Um, and then, like, even The Matrix, I mean... There's not, there's not machines like, taking over, but just like the way that like people are kind of just going through their day to day life and like not thinking beyond like what's right in front of them. You right. know, mm-hmm. there's like there's like shit behind the scenes they're not aware of. I don't know. It's like, but then, but so it just combines all these elements from like other dystopian sci fi movies, and then and then it doesn't, and then they're just all together in a movie. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, with I, I mean, if I was gonna be like a glib like uh, just movie critic about it i would say that like 
the the problem is is that they missed the humanity of it. Like they they have a bunch of ideas for like uh, a dystopia that are for the most part stolen from like really crassly stolen from history or just stolen from other sci-fi movies. But they they never do any of the work that makes it feel like real people living in a recognizable place. That like right. you know there's there's no resonance to to any of the characters or their relationships or even this a sense a larger sense of like america has fallen and look what's become of our like none of that registers because you don't nobody feels like a real person yeah well like and even to the point of if they didn't tell me in the opening crawl that it was the future i don't even know that i would know because they there's nothing I'm like I, I think a sci-fi movie like lives and dies by its production and costume design personally. Yeah. Like like what is your unique, you know, vision on like what the near future looks like? Right. Uh, and there's none of that in this movie. Like they all just look like they're dressed like it's 2017. They live in apartments and houses that are decorated like it's yeah. 2017. Yeah, the and clothes. They drive cars. Yeah. yeah. That except for the weird like humanity bureau grill on the front it's just a dodge charger or right. no it's not a charger what it, it's a uh it's whatever like a durango's yeah. or something but it's but it's just a car like they're just well, driving regular cars his partner was sort of the only one who was dressed in any weird or different futuristic way he looked like cyber gestapo especially with the, <laughs> the weird the eye thing that yeah. they put on he's like yeah. a literal pirate they just they <laughs> yeah. made the villain of this movie like an actual pirate with an eye patch and he went so hard in every scene to just establish, like, he was sort of normal in that first scene where they're sort talking of. at Cage's place. Sort of. And then uh, and then after that, like, every even the part where he's splashing water at the guy in the pool, he's doing it, like, with just hatred. He's e- just evil, just malice, just dripping from him. I, <laughs> yeah. I appreciated that he was the only one who was, like, overacting. Everybody else was. Right. yeah. I have to say... Underacting? Well, I was going to say that, but, like, honestly, I want this to carry just all the weight of Miles and I's experience of watching so many, like, bad movies with Nicolas Cage in them at this point. And I have to say, this isn't one of the worst ones that we've seen. Like, there's there's things about this that make it uh, better than, I don't know, the last thing that we watched. Inconceivable, or, for instance, yeah, just as a random example. Ven- vengeance, a love, a love story, or <laughs> right. any, any of that shit. But the acting in this is easily some of the worst that we've ever seen in, in one of the... Like, it just in terms of, like, people who could not act their way out of a cardboard box. Like, just about... I mean, Cage also is extremely sleepy in this. It, um, but the the woman... What's the actress's name? Um, I wrote it down. Sarah Lind. She is really bad. She's really, really bad. The child, the son, whatever his character's name, Lucas, he's really bad. Not to pick Man. on a kid, but he he fucking sucks. But honestly, yeah. though, if you there's like one cardinal rule of having uh of having a kid be the one of the protagonists in your movie is if you do nothing else right, you have to cast a a child actor that can act because yeah. otherwise the whole rest of the movie is like pointless kind of like, I feel like if that kid had done like a really good job, if they'd gotten somebody or maybe that guy's a good actor, I, I've never seen him in anything, but if, if, if they had 
gotten a performance out of him. I mean, even with everything else wrong with it, I feel like a lot yeah. of the scenes that he was in would have been salvageable. Like between him and Cage, at least there would have been like something there. Yeah, right? I, I mean, do do you guys agree with me? I, I just that that I was like blown away by just about every line reading or moment that either of those actors had. That like I was just like, good lord. <laughs> yeah, which sucks because they're they're the along with Cage, they're the main characters. Yeah, it's of the, the backbone of the movie. Yeah. No, I. Uh... I mean, in for Cage in particular, I had written down that he made he just delivered everything so deadpan that it made it hard to care about it. And it was like, this should be fun, this should be engaging, but it's just yeah. not. Like I can't get into it. And and yeah, the kid the kid as well and the mom, it was it was hard because their dynamic just felt so unbelievable yeah i didn't she's like you have to behave yourself and then he makes no effort whatsoever to (laughs) to behave himself at all yeah well like okay so be precocious but it's just kind of like he's just annoying he's just annoying you know yeah like and so so two things about that first of all the first time we see her when she's in the farmhouse kate comes in and she's wearing she like she looks like she's never worked a day of manual labor in her life Right, and she's supposed to be like taking care of a farm for years. Yeah, a farm by herself. She looks like she looks like a she looks like a cottagecore influencer. Like she's wearing like a she's wearing like a dress with like the boots and like a floppy hat on, and she's got like and you and you're like she's got like candles around the farmhouse and stuff. But she looks like she's literally never been in the sun, like in her entire life. True. Um, And then also when she's getting mad at him. Uh, because he's like complaining about how the shoes hurt him and stuff. Right. Uh, the shoes, they were so, so poor that they, they had to buy the shoes and they're going to return them to the shoe store. The right. So day. that they could look rich when Cage right. comes to check on them. Yeah. But well, so yeah, why, Cage, why does he, why is he on a farm working in dress shoes? Like immaculate all, dress. Who's going to believe that? That, <laughs> that is the first part of my note. But then the second part that I wrote about that is that in literally the next scene when he's on the roof and he's climbing up on the roof, He's wearing a brand new pair of Tims. Did you notice this? <laughs> no. Yeah. He's got like yeah. brand new boots on, like trying to climb up the roof, like in the next scene uh, after they complain about the shoes. I'm like, with a good angle for product placement, just like right up there. It was so weird. I was like, what are they making? Are they making a point that he's wearing Tims right now? Like, is that the point of the shot? What is happening? I I like that the mother went to all that trouble. She she was like, I bought you the shoes so we could look okay. And Nick Cage shows up. He's like, Have you eaten anything? He's like, No, we go hungry. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Yeah, I don't eat breakfast much. Um, he's like, But he's like, My mom's pretty, isn't she? God. Um. Okay, but okay, so where were we in setting up this movie? There's the humanity bureau and they're essentially the Gestapo, but, uh, Nick Cage doesn't know that they're the Gestapo. It's sort of, um, there's a bureaucracy sort of around it where he shows up to, which Dave, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the, 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 the fact that he is complicit in this, it's like he, like, I, I don't care how stupid you pretend his character is or naive you pretend his character is. Like, this is a bad dude well, that's I know. involved in, like, bad treating people. Like, de- he's he's deporting citizens. And, like, that's his yeah. job. And he pretends, like, he just, he just gets up and goes to work. Like, he's, like, going to the office and nothing's wrong. Right. And that, that would have yeah. been, it would have been interesting if there would have been some sort of, like, real conflict around him being complicit in this. But... 
he's such a he is a blank slate of a person up until like and then for so, so yeah he goes to assess this woman and her son and for you know and then he's like oh the bureau is almost never wrong and they say that uh you have to go to new eden actually like sorry um i don't know why he thinks the bureau is almost never wrong like what is his story what you, you really believe that like what else he, he does this every day but he's never cottoned on to the fact that this there might be something fucked up here like he's ju- just like he's a babe in the woods and they uh for no reason really he latches onto this family that we that we can tell like there's no there they do sort of a twist with it later but it it doesn't really read or make sense like i because I, I guess he had history with the woman who was at that farm but i don't i don't care enough to explain it that he like well, yeah if yeah if ahead. we're saving the reveal i i won't directly mention that but i will say if he knew what he knew apparently about this family he was visiting and he got assigned the case why did he just immediately be like yeah sorry so you gotta go to yeah. the death camp yeah no no the, <laughs> go ahead and reveal it sorry, I just... we're, we're usually right so apparently the kid is his it, son his son but she's not the mom but then i wrote this down in my notes i just wrote so did they hook up it tries too hard to be confusing. Yes. yes. And I'm yeah, succeeding yeah. in being it confusing. It tries too hard to be confusing. <laughs> it's no. like it it's like it went out of its way to make you like there's one step too extra in that twist. Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? That doesn't need to be there. No, it doesn't need to be a twist at all. Like again, there could be the thing be with the photo too. Where he's looking at the the old photo outside right. of the farmhouse, and apparently that's the kid's mom, but she's right. not. But they knew each other, but they don't. But then, right? Well, yeah. Uh, I, my, my, the ending happens before any of its result. My understanding <laughs> is that like years ago, he came to that farmhouse and stayed for like a day or two, and hooked up with the kid's mom, and then it later the farmer's daughter yeah maybe and then the interim between when he uh did that and uh came back um the there was a big collapse and uh the the woman he hooked up with the mother of the boy was going to either eat the boy cuz she was hungry or no she was going to sell him to for other people to eat and the woman who then stole that woman's identity and started raising her son as her own, killed her, killed his mother, and um, to protect the to son. protect him, um, and uh, so again, like that's the it that's kind of a like th- that's that's a lot that's a lot and um you know <laughs> yeah if, that's an understatement <laughs> if you're doing this sort of hard hitting uh, dystopia like of the moment like holding a mirror up to America like I get it like you want to like the gloves are off but like you have to actually deal with that and the (laughs) they don't they just don't that reveal narratively doesn't land and the when Sarah Lind finally she's like um yeah I don't uh I yeah I killed that woman and took her son it's just like hmm okay (laughs) and uh, like you said Max (laughs) Like he, so didn't he know that she was an imposter and didn't he at least suspect that that's Lucas was his son? And if so, yeah, he's just like, you're going away to the death camp. Yeah, what are you going to do? But then, but then the, the narrative hinge that they find is that she is like, 
Oh, but my son's got a recital tomorrow. Can we put it off till after his recital? He's so excited. And uh, he's been practicing. He's been practicing. And Cage uh, makes that happen for some reason. He has an, an internal shift that is never revealed to us. And he uh, lets the boy do the recital and he shows up to the recital. Um, and, and, and what, what a recital a, what it a is. What a weird ass recital. This is like, this is some like straight up. Uh, like American propaganda. Like it, it's like a bunch of school kids standing in front of the American flag and they're like singing the national or they're singing amazing Star Spangled grace banner. Oh, it's, that's right. That's right. Amazing grace. And then, uh, and then they like have like a spotlight on, on the kid on yeah. his son where he like steps forward into the spotlight and then he like recites the pledge of allegiance <laughs> yeah. or something like that. No, but that's then a... like that's, but then that's the recital. So you're like, so the kid was like training all this time to like <laughs> sing amazing grace and recite the, the pledge. The of pledge, allegiance. Yeah. That, was, that was it. <laughs> and, like, and Nick Cage and the woman are like not humoring him. They're like, that was great. That was <laughs> like great. you were that really so good. good. <laughs> Is it just like illegal to say anything bad about, you know, if you're saying the Pledge of Allegiance, can you yeah, just you not have say to, that it was bad? You have to say that it was good. <laughs> you know, just like all the details about, oh, wow, people got so poor that they were selling and eating children. And then also the this, like, you know, this is such like, it's such like, it's like horror show America. You know, this, this like, that's the kind of stuff that where they're really trying to shock you or make you be like, oh my God, yeah, that's, that's where we're headed, man. That's what this is. But I appreciate how hard it goes in that way that it that they they want it to be extreme but the fact that they just either don't have the budget or the ability to commit to making any of that feel real just makes it feel so weird and tasteless like i know i like i i know it's they're trying to make okay so this is what uh, american patriotism and capitalism can look like if we if it's if it's fascism like and like you know politically i'm with you that that uh i i see the logic that you're using to get to that dystopia but if you <laughs> if you can't get into the details then it's just sort of like what isn't that crazy and you're just like yeah i don't know that that would suck <laughs> but it doesn't hit in the way that i know that it was hitting whoever wrote that and was like fuck man we got to put a picture of trump in this thing to really sell it oh, yeah right. yeah well, that was the best <laughs> the and the very deliberately placed um make america great over the confederate flag yeah. there that was yeah uh, it's like got, gotcha <laughs> Well, I, I think it must have really been hitting in the first scene where Nick Cage and his partner are talking at the apartment because that was like a drum roll of dystopia sci-fi tropes, which also is one of my favorite things that happens where it's two characters who both live in the same world and <laughs> like exist and grow up in the same world, but they're explaining it to each other yeah. of like, well, you know how it goes like ever <laughs> since. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I love uh, I, I there's a, the scene too where um, uh, the bad guy his his partner with the eye patch um, shows up in the elevator with the uh, the whistleblower who gave Nick Cage the uh, the microchip or whatever and he's like he's like ah Isaiah I know who you are you're this person who did this thing and you're not like <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. yeah thank you <laughs> that is who i am and i know who you are <laughs> <laughs>
But Dave, how will we know? <laughs> so, Miles, you know, we've been doing this podcast for about five years now, and every time we do it, we do another Nick Cage movie chronologically. And um, I, I, just, I, I just think that um, that's, that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, well, you know, uh, ever since uh, we started this podcast in 2016, mm-hmm. um, Nick, Nick Cage has put out a lot of movies. Uh, Trump has also been elected to president as well in that time. I remember. Yeah, uh, I was living in America when that happened. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, we were, but we have to explain it for the audience who are listening. Cause no, yeah. Know, no, I so. just, yeah. We, we, we both were living I, there. I feel like I know a lot more about what's going on right now. <laughs> we all caught up. <laughs> Um, what yeah, I'm, I'm more engaged now in this scene. <laughs> what was good. the What was the thing about uh, Nick Cage has like a Monet in his house, and he has like another like famous artist painting in his like bathroom? Oh, also not explained. Right? Like, was yeah. It, uh, so does, so art d- went does, like, down in value. Old priceless art just not become worth anything in the future. Is that what yeah. we're led to gain by that? Yeah, but then, and he was fucking it up too. Right, he, he wasn't. Threw that, a fish, he was he like threw his fishing line at it. He put got yeah. like a fish hook through it. I don't know why because they say they throw that out there, and so I was like, oh, it's like Children of Men, where they have like you, you know uh, people have have taken the fine art and whatever. Except that I'm like. But he's just some dumb bureaucrat, so he just has it, so they're not valueless. But then somebody says something about them costing a pretty penny or something. So it's just like, so is it, what is what is being conveyed? How did he get a Monet? Yeah, totally. But, it, like, I feel like that was something that was either, A, supposed to be, like, set up in way too confusing of a way for us to infer something about the future that we can't figure out. and Or, B, it was it was in the script and then just like cut out yeah. or something. Oh, they should have put it in know. the crawl. Put just Dude, seriously. Honestly, the, this movie would have been better um if the the crawl had just been like 12 the paragraphs long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole, you know. it, was, it was it was the entire movie until the last scene in the snow when they catch up with them in the snow and yeah, then the they, movie's like 15 minutes long and then we're yeah, done. Yeah, that would have been dope. <laughs> well, did did it seem like this movie was probably longer and got focus grouped yeah. way down because yes. it was only like 95 yes. minutes yes. or something. And so it feels like there was a lot of, in spite of the crawl, there would have been more things to kind of tie stuff together or, or try yeah. to. And they were just like, this is boring people. Like keep it going. Yeah. That's, I, yeah, I think but, there, there but, were a lot of big ideas. That, but the things that they kept it going for are not the interesting parts of a dystopian yes. sci-fi movie. No. Like all mm-hmm. the Give interesting the world things building. are in the details. Like, could you imagine Blade Runner Without the set dressing, if it was just taking place, like if like Ridley Scott had no budget and they were just shooting it like in the alley behind his house, yeah. But they were like, but they were like, it's L.A. twenty forty nine or whatever. You know what I mean? But meanwhile, like there's just like you know there's like regular ass cars like driving in the background of every scene. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but then but but then also that I think that that just kind of brings like there's something that was really missing for me in this movie in the sense that, and I think David did have a lot to do with the budget. I think that this is the kind of like script uh, where either the writer or the director or both really were like excited to sink their teeth into like that kind of like building up the futuristic like worldview. However, it just got like torpedoed by the fact that they had no budget and probably the little budget they had, they spent all on cage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Definitely. But, um, but like, but there's just this general feeling 
like uh, amongst all the actors that didn't click for me in the sense that there's this future where like societies collapse, like no one has clean water, no one can eat, people are getting deported and whatever. But then like no one seems really desperate or pressed. You know, know what I mean? Yeah, I mean they're definitely supposed to be, but the way that they're acting and talking and, and existing doesn't feel yeah, that they're way. all just like living in their houses. Like the houses maybe are in shittier condition than than we're used to, but they're not like like no one seems desperate. You know what I mean? They're all just kind of like living their lives. Right. Yeah, it's um, not like the road. Like in the road you feel the desperation of every it's, it, people are roving bands of uh Yeah, like, or like and, and they mentioned that in this movie, but you never feel the reality of it. There's that German guy who's just like he's like Oh uh, yeah, those people that came and um, they they killed my wife and they raped my daughter. Right. <laughs> and, and <laughs> like, whoa, okay. <laughs> they're like, yeah, okay, well, we'll look out for those guys. Even the people who they meet when they're out on the road escaping sort of in the in the last section of the movie are just surprisingly helpful and nice for Every, how desperate yeah. the world is portrayed. They're, Everybody's They're helpful. just like, oh, you're with Humanity Bureau, but you don't want to be anymore. like, you're, yeah, you're cool. Sure. It's yeah. down that way. Like you just, I, just follow yeah. down that road a little ways. <laughs> because like the only way that this movie, the only way that a movie like this works is if you have the visceral feeling while you're watching it, that anyone will be ready to kill their neighbor at any time for yeah. like anything. That's really There's the no I mean, tension. Yeah. Like that's the way a movie like this works. And it's a bummer that they, don't care about that enough to try <laughs> yeah or, or they were like they were like no we want to showcase that uh real humanity like the salt of the earth people they they have each other's backs and like people are actually good down at heart and it's like okay but but also like i don't uh, i don't know like there's no reason why like w the the first guy that they meet is that that dude with the crutch and they go and what they like steal gasoline from him at gunpoint or something and then, I don't know, Nick Cage says something like, oh, the guy, he, he's like, the, the crutch guy is like, are you a family man? And Nick Cage is like, I'm trying to be the best I can be. Which is also like, you don't know that that's his son at that point. You're like, what the fuck? You just met these people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, right. Yeah, that, that felt weird. <laughs> so weird. But he's, yeah, he's just like, I'm trying to be. And the guy's like, okay. Like he nods. And then when the, the bad guys show up, he fucking rams his truck into them to stop them. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, he's like, you're trying to be okay. I'll just throw away the rest of my life. Yeah. My, for you person I just met who's robbing me. <laughs> I, what? He has another truck on hand. What? He can just give away gas. He doesn't have, he's not carrying a gun. He, there's no contingency for this. Like, I don't believe it. Then he's not desperate. Is he? You, you want to hear what the budget and the gross of this movie was? Yes. Yes. Um, take take a guess at the budget. Fifteen. Four million three hundred thousand. Wow, that's like pocket change. Uh, and the gross, fifty eight thousand. Was it even released? It wasn't even theatrically released, right? <laughs> I, that just says cumulative worldwide gross. No, I think it was direct to, to uh, streaming. Dude, that's crazy. They lost almost the entire budget on this. They, they, they lost the entire budget minus 58000 on this movie. <laughs> but they had a point to make, and there's no price yeah, you can put on that. Yeah, that's and the right. point is electing Trump was bad. That's the <laughs> yeah. point of this movie. I really was it. This was 2018, right? 17. 
probably yeah somebody probably started it right when trump got elected like that night in 2016 it's just like <laughs> oh my god we got a war I in love the world that it's, uh, it's canadian too that everyone involved except for nicholas cage like the writers and everything are canadian so those these can it feels like they're just looking at america they're like we must warn them <laughs> this is where they're headed <laughs> Well, actually, that's kind of funny because I didn't I didn't realize it was Canadian until you mentioned it. But now that you say it, there is something that's sort of blasé about it in the sense that, like, I feel like a lot of Canadian media yeah, is just sort of polite. like, yeah, it's it's just it's not intense enough. No, right? <laughs> no, yeah. So even when they're like, yeah, um, we've been killing and raping ch- kids around here. <laughs> it's like <laughs> they say that they're like, oh sure, oh yeah. Well, we don't want to be doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes um it, it's it's canadian and it lost a lot of money there's also imdb also says that uh nick cage's character's name is noah cross with a k but that that was the name of jack nicholson's character in chinatown but with a c and uh both of those movies were about water rights to a degree <laughs> wait his name is his name is jake in chinatown yeah. Oh, John Houston's character in Chinatown shared oh, the name. No, oh, okay. 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 That's different. So the name actually reminds me that by the end of this movie, I didn't know anyone's name. <laughs> yeah. I still did not know any of the characters' names. I just sort of picked it up on context clue. Actually, Porter, the bad guy's assistant, Oh yeah, was the only one whose name I knew because he always was addressed by by name in virtually every line. And there were so many, like, can we talk for a second about the weirdly racist pool scene? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, where yeah, the black guy that was a super <laughs> weird scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he has the weird one eyed Gestapo guy, like teasing him about it. But I really wish that that would have paid off later in the movie. Like they yeah. would have cut back and Porter was just like kicking it, having a blast in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> or they well, like, honestly i feel like justice for porter i mean he also was like a cog in a in a fascist right. government's like uh bureau so i i don't know how much we should be hoping he gets a happy ending either but like the the funny thing about that character though is that like the the evil eye patch villain was taking everything so seriously like, every scene he was just chewing the scenery like he was the most evil man alive and then his other assistant was just like like <laughs> When they were when when they were hacking into the military drone to try to like to to try to, to take video of the desert where they escaped, and he's like, "Zoom in," and Porter's like, "We can't uh, because we just took control of the military uh, drones, but we don't have any control over the camera movements." And then and then he's like, "Well, we'll get we'll get in touch with the military and tell them we that we need immediate access to it. It's an emergency." And then Porter just goes, uh, "We did, but uh, they don't care." <laughs> or something like that. Right? Yeah. Like, it's just like, like his answer was like, contact the military and tell them it's an emergency was they don't care. Which then to me was like, so Porter's actually just like some like, idiot that like goes to work every day. Yeah. And comes home and like, isn't taking the job that seriously. And like, that, that act, like that character could have been played differently. Like could have been, we did, but they don't care. You know, he could right. have been just as intense, but whatever that guy, that guy was my, uh, my favorite bad actor because he looked like he was, you know, he was just like I don't know he looked lost in every scene and the way that, that guy, he the way that he yeah. played it was just kind of like yeah a guy who showed up to work and uh, then he's just kind of hitting his mark and being like yeah I don't know about all this but yeah. oh, okay 
his boss is just a raging dick. I felt like a lot of the scenes with the two of them were just to kind of inject. It was like an attempt to put levity in there for this. Otherwise, like this is going to be too serious. Like let's have another, you know, Porter and the boss scene over there. What was his partner's name? Even I don't know. It was like Weatherstone or something like (laughs) all these names. uh, Adam Westinghouse. (laughs) Is it the actor's name or the character's name? The character's name. Adam Adam Westinghouse. Wow. I don't know when they said that. <laughs> oh, but then again, boy. like I said, it was it was all context and like body language was what I was reading at that point in the night. Uh, this was a late night watch for me, like after midnight on New Year's. Yeah. So Hell yeah. <laughs> um also guys, can we can we talk about the amount of driving in this movie? Oh. I feel like they were in a car for like thirty percent of the screen time, right? <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. I like that we get like multiple uh, scenes where like someone's like, I spot he's the, oh yeah that that scene actually where they they have to park the car and hide from the drones and um and the kid is the kid is like acting out he's like I don't want to play I Spy or whatever and then the, the actress is like. Okay, so once there was a troll, like it was a big giant troll. Help me out here. <laughs> Launches into uh, that story. I don't. I don't know how to describe how like weird that was to me. <laughs> but like, because the kid is like nine or ten, maybe. Yeah. Eight, eight, yeah. And um, but she. <laughs> <laughs> she's like she's like okay you want to hear this story about the big scary troll it's just like so many of those scenes between the three of them just didn't land it just it's a combination of the the bad acting and the dialogue the script like and the, the so editing cringy. and the flow of it yeah. like yeah i i feel insane trying to recount like what it was and why it didn't work it's just like moment to moment nothing really made sense about anyone's relationships. And then there were all these lines and moments that just like stood out to me for like reason, just cause the writing was especially funny or just the performance was good. Like I, I wrote down a lot more uh, quotes in, in, <laughs> in my notebook than I usually do. Um, I, my, my first one I really liked was when uh cage's character shows up to I, I shoot that old man or whatever to shake down that old man and send him away to the concentration camp. And, uh, he's living in a hotel and he, he talks to the, uh, the guy at the desk of the hotel. And as cage is leaving the room, the guy goes, there's a loose board on the stairs. Don't trip or do. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah. And, and, and I think that that's, I think I wanted more like contempt at the humanity bureau agents from average citizens in the movie. You know, like I, like, I feel like if you saw these, like if you or I saw these guys in, in life, no one's like walking up to a cop and being like, good morning, officer. Nice to see you. You know what I mean? They're all like giving him the evil eye from across the street. So it's just weird that like, no one was really like, like, like everyone was, like outwardly very welcoming and like almost happy to like let a, like an agent yeah. into their house and like hang out with them. It's yeah, just they're like, like I that hope whole I thing just felt test. like yeah. It's but it's just like I, I don't know, man. Maybe I just maybe I underestimate average like people's uh, willingness to 
no, I mean, look how people treat like IRS agents, like you know, (laughs) like. But like, is that? But see, but but my thing is like, is that the right tack to take with this kind of thing? Is to make them dopey. Like my issue is that they all came like with the exception of pirate eye patch guy. All the other humanity bureau agents just came across as like dopey bureaucrats instead of like evil like Gestapo agents, which is I think like the way it should have been t- like or, that would or, have made yeah. a lot of this make more sense or i mean there's something if if it's just about like the banality of evil then you have a bunch of bureaucrats who are just doing their job but then you have the reveal hit more where it's just like um oh wow everybody i mean i guess they tried to do that because at the end there's a revolution but um <laughs> question mark <yeah>. is there <laughs> that german guy says to his kids he's like come on there's a revolution now let's go (laughs) haven't you heard you heard that they probably heard the same things you have even the part where the the bad guy is uh i hate to bring it back to him and porter but uh where the what is his name alan westinghouse adam westinghouse so when he's talking to Porter and he's like, we're on the wrong side of history, right. just very matter of fact. And like, but what are you going to yeah. do about it? Like, and that's where we're going to stay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're on the wrong side of history. So let's go get those people and get them off to the deck. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. We're not hourly. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to do about it now. Can, can we talk about the end a little yeah, bit? Let's yeah. Talk Cause the it. end, the end was, surprising i guess is a a word for it to bring us from the start to the end it's just okay so cage starts you know once he realizes that uh these are in fact death camps that we're sending people to he uh goes on a road trip with um his son and this woman who killed the mother of his son um to because he wants to go to a lake that he remembers going fishing at in canada um that is sort of it's his xanadu he wants to or it's his rosebud or something he wants to go there as he just feels like that would be a, a good well, place it is be. literally his rosebud because remember at the end well finish and then let's, yeah let's, so let's the, go through the end yeah uh, yeah so they just they then the back like half of the movie is them meeting people like the guy on crutches that i mentioned or the the german guy um who is the there. the German road warrior the German road warrior dude with his like uh children or just community of cool punks or whatever was happening there or the his nonchalant stories yeah there was a there's a woman with a double barrel shotgun that they he sells they sell their car to and buy another car from i don't know they're meeting this collection of characters who are more interesting than them but not interesting enough to really say anything about and uh then they finally get to the uh, the lake. What's it called? Jackfish Lake. Jackfish Lake. <laughs> and uh, they're surprised to learn that um, it, you know everybody has been, the government has been saying that all of this land has been irradiated, so you can't go there. But they were lying about that too. And actually, it's it's cool here. And uh, but uh, Dave, sorry to interrupt, but real quick, uh, the the one line that that he says when they find out that it's not irradiated and they can walk freely is well it's easier to build fear than to build a wall yeah they someone was someone was really proud of that line yep super proud of it um yeah and so they they show up but uh agent westinghouse and porter 
are behind them and uh, they get into a standoff. And uh, yeah, take it away, Max. From what I recall, they have a little brief discussion in the midst of which the main bad guy, Adam Westinghouse, uh, just like pops the mom. Just kind of very abruptly, just like right between the eyes. The mom. Yeah. And the kid doesn't really react to for this being a person he thinks is his mom. Does he? That's another thing. We never established. He he does does. think. Okay. Yeah. They never tell him that she's not. Okay. So yeah, he's, he's pretty casual about that. And then there's, there's another few minutes of talking and I think cage is imploring him to have, have a little humanity for somebody Mm. from the bureau. And, uh, and he agrees to let the kid go. He's like, no, I'm not going to let him go. And the kid runs over to him and then he's like, all right, come on, get out of here. Like you caught me in a good mood, kid. <laughs> I'm already going to get to kill two people today or d- right. w- whatever. And then, and then, uh, as the kid runs away, presumably to freeze to death and die in the woods because he's not dressed for the snowy no. mountains. He's just going to go run away to the frozen lake and live happily ever after. Yeah, yeah, I mean, completely unprepared. And then they shoot Cage, uh, which also it kind of surprised me. I thought he was going to be involved in the... I thought there might be some, like, redemption story they'd try to really force in there, but it, I guess it's nice they didn't. Um, but then there's a weird little, like, mini montage where Cage is dying and he's seeing the lake and fishing. And someone, I forget who who says it, but he hears the words, you can find me in his mind as he dies, which I was so confused by that. I wrote down because I yeah. don't think that came up at any other point before no, that. That's in the weird. I don't remember that at all. What is the point of that? I don't know. <laughs> but then, it was another one of those things where it's like, was this something that was in there and then it just got cut out? Right. They're just like, ah, whatever. It needs to be shorter. <laughs> the same thing that we never get a reason why he wants to go to Jackfish Lake of all that. Like, was that the only place he can remember ever being good from his childhood? Is there like, you know, do, why, why does he have just a blind fit? Cause we, when Westinghouse catches him, he's like, how did you know that there wasn't going to be radiation here? And he was like, I didn't, but it's like, okay. So that's just the best plan that you have is you just remember a place that you liked one time and you're like, let's go there. <laughs> like just give Yeah. Well, when, when he died, when Cage is bleeding out in the snow, the camera pans over to his hand, and he's in, in his hand, he's gripping the postcard from right. Jackfish Lake. So right. it is literally his rosebud. Like, he's, like, holding it in his hand <laughs> as he's dying, like, reminiscing about it. Right. Like <laughs> And the last scene of the movie is the Lucas, his son, like, jumping into the lake. Well, we get a, a, another, like, repeat, like, voiceover from Cage when him, he was, like, my favorite thing was going to summer camp or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Summer vacation. Summer vacation. Like I can't wait for summer vacation. And then his son, he sees his son jumping into the, uh, into the pond um, in the summer. And it's like, okay, I guess. So he's living well, there's a revolution down in the United States, but uh, he's just chilling at the lake. Also, I like how everyone is preparing for the revolution. It just does a montage of all the crazy characters we've seen throughout the movie, and they're all just, like, getting their guns and weapons and cars together, and they're like, all right, it's time for the revolution. 
hey guys, did you hear? There's a revolution <laughs> happening. Let's go. There's a revolution. I know. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to drive by just ringing a bell. Yeah, right. And be it's like, that's time. the signal. Okay. What day is this, boy? We've all been, we've all been <laughs> waiting to collectively revolt for the right time. Like, we've all been prepared this whole time, but now is the right time to all do it. Oh, yeah. it finally worked with everybody's schedules. <laughs> um, I, 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 can't, I can't do Tuesday for the revolution. I, I want to just talk about some of my, can we get into just like little moments and stupid? Yes, just please. Little I feel like that's and, all we have left in here this and point. there. Um, I really liked the, 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 uh, the guy that the old man that uh, Cage killed on his first assignment that we see him on uh, used to be, the Westinghouse is like, yeah, he was the former governor of Colorado. He goes, how the mighty fall. <laughs> like, wow, wow. Imagine a, a governor, a former governor disgracing himself. <laughs> also, was, was that a burn on Colorado? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, that same scene is where uh, he goes, I've seen children drink their own piss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I like that line. There was a lot of piss drinking talk in this. Yeah, they 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 talk about people doing that a lot. It's going to be a big part of the future. I think so. We should all get used to purifying our own urine at this point. <laughs> I'm going to start tonight. <laughs> Why even purify it? I... <laughs> yeah, you, know you could purify it. That's just it. one added step in the chain you don't need. <laughs> yeah. Um something really really hilarious that I that they just barely breezed over. But when when Cage first goes to the farmhouse and he's like sitting with uh with with his son who we don't know is his son yet and he pulls his gun out to, and like sets it on the table and the kid's like what kind of gun is that <laughs> and then cage is like oh it's a it's a modified 22 with a such and such like you know barrel on it and then he just and then he 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 like empties the he like takes the clip out and then he just hands it to the kid he's like here take a look at it yeah and then and then the kid and then the kid is just like sitting there it's like could you imagine like like an uh like a fucking ice agent or something like going into somebody's (laughs) house and then like sitting there with the person they're about to deport and then and then the kid is like hey can i see your gun and he just hands it to him like like, yeah sure (laughs) now now don't shoot me with this (laughs) yeah that that was a note that i had too was how many times they just handed that kid a gun too because there's the scene where he the the kid is asleep with the rifle oh he's just laying there like with his finger almost on the trigger just like and presumably you know, like that one's loaded bet. and he's yeah and isn't <laughs> he's supposed to be like nine or ten years old and they just let him sleep with a loaded gun which by the way wouldn't have had a safety right <laughs> that particular one the, i would i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that his surrogate mom is really d- not doing, lax yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's she's pretty yeah. lax she's like a cool mom right right <laughs> kids want to play with guns in the living room i, you know? I want to play with guns and i don't want breakfast <laughs> also i don't want to wear these shoes she is, she is pretty <laughs> give me some shoes that don't fit and don't give me any food um one of one of my favorite things that happened that is a a, like a nothing detail but that i loved was 
the makeshift bandage yes. that his partner made yes. out of a piece of bread and some electrical yes. tape. Yes. yes, so good. <laughs> that if if we ever wanted to do like a, a really deep cut like Halloween costume from just like rolls from the the cage cannon, that would be a really fun one because it it's yeah, just my thought process of seeing like oh shit his eye got bandaged and then they do like the close up one shot and you're like. It's a piece of rye bread. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so crazy. And I was like, Why? wait, there, there's no water, but they can just spare bread. They're just using, they don't have they fabric, but the, but they'll use the food. It doesn't make any sense. That's, that's, that well, is the weirdest part. Wasn't he cuffed it. to something too? Uh, maybe that was all he could reach. Yeah. He got the electrical tape though. Anyway, it's a, oh, it, yeah. it's a well, good look. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to help it rationalize itself. <laughs> I just loved it. <laughs> yeah, he looks kind of like an anime villain at that part because the <laughs> there's a it's a lot of style and like not a lot of function. Uh, any anything else? I mean, for my part, I I got distracted in every scene with Nick Cage by the dye job. Yeah, Either the hairpiece he was wearing yeah, or the definitely. dye job was definitely. so bad that it like I just kept looking up at it and like that is un unreasonably dark yeah, it's, it's shoe polish black like how how young are we supposed to believe he is oh, right now? sorry dude <laughs> um i mean that's pretty much everything i had notes on though yeah i, t- I tried to find fun stuff um from like you know i was like well why did i always want to know why cage chose this film and it's pretty much he's just like yeah i, I like sci-fi it seems like a yeah. good story and um and it's not Bad choice. The character, Sarah Lind, who who played the woman, Rachel, um, the most high-profile thing that she's done was she was the star of a Canadian teen television drama that was not Degrassi. It was called Edgemont. Oh, uh, was it it like a Degrassi rival? It seems like it. it, it, The vibe looks a little bit more like Dawson's Creek, but... um, Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I'll, also, I read an interview with Cage where he's talking about this film um, where he said that one of his dream roles, I didn't know about this, but he, he thinks he would play the Joker really well. Uh, I agree a, with that. In a Batman movie. And yeah, yeah I, obviously. He also, he also said Dr. Doom. He's like, I don't want to, I don't really want to play a character with a mask, but I want to play the like guy who turns into Dr. Doom, like the Dr. Doom origin story. Right. Um, I do want to play one with a flaming skull. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Take my head out of, out completely. <laughs> CGI, but, um, do you know how long this movie, like how long the shooting schedule was? I don't. I mean, usually what I, we're finding with these cheapo cage movies is that like, like a couple showed, of weeks, like, yeah, and he'll show up for like a day or two. Right, but I think in this one he had a significant part, so he probably spent some time on set. Yeah, I mean they they had to drive. They they were location shooting out in the desert and in uh, just Ontario or something like, and uh, it it looks cold and miserable and he looks cold and miserable. <laughs> yeah. But also there's a lot, I feel like they did a lot of pickups of him driving like in a studio yeah. after the fact, because you can tell it's all CGI 
Yeah, uh, green screen. The, yeah, <laughs> the scenery out the window whenever anyone's driving a car is all CGI. None of that was done on location. That yeah, that's true. So probably all the car stuff was uh, was done in a day in a studio. It just feels the whole thing just feels so rushed. I guess right. I mean, it is. It's a it's a rushed, low budget film, and it shows. Yeah. I think that's probably the best thing we can say about it. Like, I don't yeah. necessarily think that it's entirely the fault of the people involved as much as just the circumstances, uh, which led to various bad choices and not following through on some things that could have been better. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I always, like, if... I would rather watch uh, an ambitious movie that uh, falls short of its ambition than, like, a movie that doesn't really try to do anything interesting and doesn't do that either and i feel like we've been watching a lot of the latter recently but it was nice to watch something that was at least like aiming for it had like really big ideas in mind and uh you know but it it fucking sucks don't see it it's bad um, <laughs> it's very I, bad it's it's bad don't see inconceivable don't see vengeance of love story don't see arsenal don't see Army of One. You don't need to see USS Indianapolis Men of Courage. Definitely don't see Snowden. You don't need to see Dog Eat Dog. Um, but the trust was good. And um, Mom and Dad was pretty fun. And up next, we have Looking Mandy. Glass? Oh, is it Mandy next? Oh, okay. I thought, I thought there was one more. Um, yeah, no, then, then Looking Glass and 211 okay. and Between Worlds and whatever the fuck else. But... Um, we, we get a respite from our direct-to-streaming purgatory, and uh, we get to watch a movie where I'm actually intimidated to talk about it because it's, it's good and later. Yeah, it's really good. Have you seen Mandy, Max? I have not. It's great. You I should, might need to, though. You should watch it. You should watch I, it. Yeah. It's, it it's, it's wild. I'll be interested to hear what you think of it. Um, the way that I, I now I'll save my thoughts for next episode, but uh, okay. yeah, it's out there. I'll check it out. Max, do you want to give us a, before you go, do you want to give us a, a nice, a nice big deep Panther roar? No. Uh, yeah. And, and like, so you're not, you're not like the mommy Panther or the daddy Panther, but you're not the like baby Panther either. You're the biggest cub in the den. That's your, that's your character. A big, a big cub roar, big cub roar. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'll I'll try. What's my motivation in this scene? Um, you're you're waking up and you're hungry and you want to let all the other cubs know that you're gonna eat first. Okay. <laughs> that yeah. was horrible. All right. That was it. That was it. Sounded like a terrible panther throat clearing. <laughs> yeah, you just. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> like a vacuum, a, a shop vac going in a toilet. <laughs> uh, Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. It's, it's been a blast. Anytime. Thank you. And Happy New Year. Happy, happy New, New Year, Year, man. On mine, it says recording in the corner. Am I recording? No, I'm recording. That's just letting you know that I'm recording you because in the state of California, I can't legally use this recording unless you're aware that I'm recording it and you give me your consent. As long as it's for quality and training purposes. Absolutely. This is this is purely <laughs> internal in the in the <laughs> Panther Den. This is just a Okay. <laughs>
It's an internal review. Yeah, don't worry about it. Okay. I love doing things for quality and training purposes. (laughs) Well, you know, Dave and I only have a limited time, so we have to train our replacements. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're too poor, dude. We're we're about to get taken away. We're about to get sent off to New Eden. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I'm recording again. But don't worry, Max. We'll write you when we're there. We promise. Okay. Can I do a short (laughs) survey afterwards, too? I mean, as long as we're... Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Okay. You'll get okay. you'll get ten percent off your next purchase. <laughs> <laughs> At the Heat Seeking Panther store. Yes. <laughs> www.heatseekingpanther.gov. <laughs>